Welcome to Novon Health Healthy Headlines. I'm Cliff Mertens. Smartphones are prevalent, especially among teenagers, but are they doing more harm than good? A study recently published in the Journal of American Medical Association Psychiatry suggested that teenagers who spend more than three hours a day on social media are more likely to develop mental health problems, including depression, anxiety, and aggression. For some insight into teens and social media, we talked to Novon Health psychiatrist Dr. Courtney McMickens. She'll discuss the dangers of social media, what parents can do to monitor their kids' activity there, and some tips about setting ground rules. You can find stories like this and hundreds of others by searching Novon Health and Healthy Headlines. Thank you for listening. Dr. McMickens, there's been a direct link in a recent study between the amount of screen time, social media that teens spend on their social media devices and loneliness, depression, and anxiety. Is that a real thing? Do you see that? It is something we see often in the clinic. Um, It's hard to say which came first, um, the social media exposure and interest versus the anxiety and depression. But what we do know is that um, spending lots of time on social media has, has been shown to be linked to depression and anxiety, as you mentioned. And it also facilitates, facilitates this isolation um, of kids to their rooms and away from other um, relationships in their lives, such as their parents or their friends. Um, and they become absorbed in some of the comments and the likes and the um, comparisons. And that's what I see a lot in clinic is a lot of concern about what other friends are doing, uh, what they're seeing on social media, some of the replication of what is happening on social media that causes these consequences that are not always positive. And that manifests itself how? What do you see these young teens dealing with? So a lot of worry about how they'll be perceived, um, if they're doing what their other friends are doing, Um, Some kids do have limitations around their social media, so they worry about the fact that they have to tell their friends they don't have Snapchat or they don't have a certain platform or they're not allowed to. Um, And so then they start to feel as if they're not connected to people. Um, So that can lead to some sadness and uh, loneliness as well. Seems like almost irony because social media was developed for us to all connect to each other, but in a way it sort of can push people, teens and adults alike, push us into our isolation. How does a parent, as a parent, what sort of advice would you give for them to deal with some signs they might see their child struggling with? Well, I would first want to talk to your teen about engaging in social media from the beginning um, and set some ground rules as far as you having access to their page being able to log on and check what they're doing, especially for younger teens um, who are just getting out um, or just getting into that adolescent stage and may not have the same awareness socially as older teens may. And also setting some limits around time that you use social media and you know making a rule about dinner time, no, no phone at the dinner table, that type of thing, so that you stay connected to the real relationships. And I think the challenge is that, and you know, this might be a generational thing, but some of the challenges that kids, um, adolescents view 
some of these relationships as real relationships where we know that real relationships include some physical contact, we, it includes some ability to exchange in a bi-directional way as opposed to one sends a message and wait for a response type of thing. Um, and so, and, and you want this long-term um, kind of history. So parents with their kids or kids with people they've attended school with, you want to have that type of relationship as well as these um, relationships you have with people over the internet. So I think having that conversation initially and talking about um, things to look out for when people are um, maybe showing signs that they're not um, engaging healthily in an online relationship, asking you to do things that you don't feel comfortable with, threatening to kind of tell people things about you that you've shared with them in secrecy via um, the internet or social media, uh, kind of knowing those uh, landmines mm -hmm. per se um, from the beginning and then setting some, some, some limitations around how we engage with social media. This seems is a relatively recent development, obviously with more people carrying smartphones and, and social media becoming a big thing. It's hard enough being a teen anytime in history. This just adds to it. What are some right. of the other general things, not related to social media, that you see teens have to deal with just because that's the you know demographic they're in right mm -hmm. now? Well, I think it's always important to take a step back and um, when we talk about anxiety, we're talking about a normal feeling, right? So all anxiety is not bad. Anxiety is like this feeling you get when you there's a perceived danger or perceived mm -hmm. threat. And throughout developmental stages, kids have anxiety that's normal, like an eight-month-old who has anxiety about separation or a four-year-old or five-year-old that has anxiety when they first start kindergarten or preschool. That's all normal. Um, the tricky part is when you get into developmental anxiety that goes beyond what we would typically expect and starts to interfere with functioning. So in adolescence, you know, the key to being an adolescent is that it's all very egocentric. It's about them and everybody's kind of looking at them and evaluating them. And so when you think about um, how that plays out with friends and, uh, you know, making a forming a friend group or deciding which sport to play or deciding what you're going to do when you graduate from high school. And there's always this um, angst about, well, are people going to judge me for my decisions or are people going to judge me for what I'm wearing? And so that's just kind of um, amplified in the social media context, but it's also amplified on a day-to-day -day basis because everyone you go to school with now has access to other parts of your life that they wouldn't ordinarily have access to, which I think is what makes it different now mm -hmm. than before, because um, either knowingly or unknowingly, you're giving people more um, of a intimate look into your life by sharing some of these details. How do kids deal with that? And what would you recommend for parents who, who might enter in the world of cyberbullying? Yeah, I, I would say from a most conservative standpoint, and I actually um, think this is probably the safest thing until we kind of know um, how things will pan out in the future, is, is limiting access to smartphones at that age of 12 and 13, where um, they're not really necessary, 
um, and they may cause more harm than good. Um, and so, you know, if you need to give your child a phone because they're staying at a friend's house, that's one thing, but just full range access to the um, social media or the, the iPhone um, on a day-to-day -day basis might be a little bit much for kids to emotionally handle. Um, because, like you said, there, there are times where um, other adolescents or children might use that as a method of continuing conflict after they leave school or continuing um, maybe saying some not so nice things. Um, and really, children don't separate those things as in like, okay, this is on social media, that shouldn't bother me. Well, but in person, this is a real, you know, this is a real relationship I have. This is a, a conflict I have to resolve. That separation is not there anymore. Mm -hmm. And so the important thing is to one, make sure you have a, a conversation with the school about their policies around cyberbullying and bullying in general, um, being aware of who to contact if you feel like there is an issue. And again, monitoring what your child is being exposed to. So, um, checking text messages or the social media pages and not doing it in a secret way, but doing it in an open way. You have access to this phone. Um, we're gonna be checking each week or, you know, I'm gonna check your text messages, not because I'm trying to invade your privacy, but because it's important for your safety and I wanna make sure that, you know, this, there's nothing happening that will harm you. Ground rules from the beginning. Right. Set that up when you stop, put the phone in their hand as a parent. Right. Overall, do, do you find teens more now than 10, 15, 20 years ago? Do, do, are they more tense? Is it same song, different verse? Well, I mean, like you say, we, we all have tension and anxiety throughout our lives. But is it harder to be a teen these days than it is a few years ago? Unfortunately, the data is showing that it is. Um, thoughts of suicide, um, thoughts of self-harm actual acts of self-harm, acts of suicide. I think it is harder. Rates of depression, rates of anxiety is higher. Um, and I think a part of it is the change in the social media, the change in the way we engage in relationships, um, as well as just kind of the overall stress, um, that things are just stressful in general with mm -hmm. finances, family finances, or, um, Kind of now we have more awareness of early childhood experiences and kind of the the role that stress plays on children as well as the adults that are experiencing those stressors. So I think um, some of the things may have been overlooked before, and that's why we're more aware of it now. And the other part is just that it's just higher um, that we're seeing. Have you ever been in a restaurant where you see a family of four people and they all have their heads buried in cell phones? They give their order to the, the server and then all four of them go to their phones. You ever see that? Does it And does it trouble you? Uh, yes, and it does trouble me um, because I think the foundation for kind of engagement in relationships as you become an adult is their engagement in your relationships as a family. So uh, not having that time, just that hour, because I'm guessing that that's what they do when they're at home as well. Mm -hmm. um, just having that time to share a meal, talk about your day, talk about new ideas, um, it's really important. So that's how you get to know your kids. And to be honest, it's sometimes troubling how parents come in and they have no idea what's going on on the social media world of their kids or just in their lives in general. Mm -hmm. And so those times could be used 
to learn more about your kid and the adult they're becoming because they're adolescents and they'll soon be out of the house. Mm -hmm. What can you tell a youngster who may be thinking along those lines? Yeah, I think one of the most important things is to know that you're not alone. So all of your classmates, all of your um, friends are having that same experience. So if you're feeling that way, um, I would encourage you to talk to them about it. Um, and I mean, kind of have a one-on-one, -on -one, sit down, go through your college application list, or you know, um, talk about what happened over the weekend, that type of thing, uh, with someone you trust and with someone you know um, will keep your confidence. Hello, this is Cliff Merton again. It's hard to be a teenager, it always has been. It's that minefield we all hop through getting to adulthood, but these days, social media can dominate a teen's life. The solution, as it is for many things, is moderation. That's difficult in a world where seemingly everyone has a smartphone. But parents can manage by creating guidelines for their children, sticking to those guidelines, and knowing it's okay to power down every so often. Thank you again for listening.